welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on internet land and socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. How are you, Annie? I'm good. I'm good. This is super cool what you do. This is great. Oh, thank you very much. Have you done any podcasts? I have. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, well, hopefully. hopefully This isn't live, live right? No, 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 not live, not live. And I probably won't even do this uh, video, but I definitely share the audio. I like to look at who I'm speaking with, so. No, I understand. Me too. It makes more of a, this is the virtual background of my store. Yeah. I, was I can't that. find really the cool. factory one. So it's kind of okay. It looks beautiful. <laughs> I can see all the glassware. Is yeah. there, um, it looks like there are necklaces and things like that as well. Yeah. There's jewelry. There's um, like, see these, let's see what this yeah. other way. There we go. That's metal. <laughs> there, That's metal stuff. And oh yeah. We have like a baby section back in there. That all that white thing. Those are baby clothes and things like that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a real store. You can't just sell your own stuff. Right. So is that built in with the, is the factory there as yeah, well? And then it's in the, the factory and we have something called the craft bar like this weekend. I'm actually going to take a workshop with an artist I admire. She's doing a collage workshop and, oh cool. Here, you know, we call it the craft bar and we had a wine and beer license and we kind of had to close it all up over um, COVID because the, uh, you know, because of COVID, <laughs> and yeah. um, and then we needed this space because of COVID and all the the nonsense with the you know supply chain. We needed the space oh, to, yeah. to buy in much bigger quantities than we normally would. So, oh wow! Uh, so we had to take the bar apart, and you know, half of it's in my house. <laughs> in my I guess that's <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say somebody got really hammered and uh, no, started no. breaking things. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we'd love to be able to put it back in, but um, yeah, uh, it's just whatever. We'll see. Goals, goals for the future, right? Roll, got to roll with the with the times. Yeah, know? roll with the punches. Yep. Yep. Well, that's funny. That kind of ties in with your your story a little bit. But um, just for everybody listening, we're, we are talking to. Please tell me if I'm butchering your last name, but it's Annie Morehouser, perfect, and of Annie Glass. She's a California-based artist, glass artist, and business owner. Uh, Annie Glass is the business, uh, which we're looking at right now. Uh, you can't see it, but maybe sometime I can um, I can put a little clip on YouTube and just show the background a bit for people. But you can check her out on her website. We'll give you all those details. It'll be in the description. But I wanted to start, Annie, with figuring out and um, hearing a little bit about your origin story. We always start with that because... It's kind of like a superhero origin story because I think of us all <laughs> as superheroes. <laughs> and uh, you can start as early as you want, take as long as you want, and I will just sit here and I might interrupt every once in a while just to ask a follow-up question. Please fill us in. Well, let's see. I started taking art lessons when I was 10. <laughs> I hated it. You know, they were it was oil painting, you know, a Chianti bottle and a velvet 
That's my ball. jam right there. <laughs> oh, God, I hated it. In fact, yeah. I have not gone back to painting until this year. Really? Uh, yeah. That, actually, last year I took a um, the local junior college. I took a painting class. It was fantastically all day. It was from 10 to 5. So it was great. I could just wow. like, really get into it work on this stuff I wanted to do that I have had in my head. So um, I got into glass. I was taking art and dance in uh, community college and saw glass blowing at the beach at a special event. And uh, it was a Raku party. It was really, I believe it was the burn, uh, the, the real precursor to Burning Man, not, not what you hear about. <laughs> I had kids, <laughs> you we heard burned it here down first. the hillside. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, would, um, we needed lots of fire to fire these pots to do Raku firing. And all the different colleges would show up from the Bay Area. You know, I was thrilled because I got to drive the flatbed truck down from San Mateo to where this was in the nice. close to the Santa Cruz um, border. And I really saw someone showed up. It was a full moon and a guy showed up with long hair and he was, uh, had the long blowpipe and the hot glass on the end of it. And mm-hmm. the glory hole, he had a, you know, the, the a portable furnace on a, on a trailer. Oh, and wow. set this rig up and, and it was a full moon night and he's just, you know, swinging that, that um, long five foot blowpipe with the orange glowing, you know, hot orb on the end of it of molten glass. like the Gandalf of uh, yes, <laughs> and he had to like keep to- rotating it to keep it, you know, to keep it even. So it was yeah. and then reheat it to get it hot again, and and it was it was so much like a dance, you know, and it just marveled uh, at it and the fact that he couldn't touch it, you know, with his hands, with his bare hands. It wasn't like ceramics where you could just yeah you know get in there and and fix it or whatever so anyway i just got hooked it was literally like heroin or something i was just like yeah man like give it to me (laughs) i gotta do this (laughs) i can't live without it and uh and so and then i just pursued it through college and training and my career and went to three different schools to you know get what get my degree the thing about it is it's always been difficult enough to keep me from getting bored Yes. yes. You know, so it's like you master it and then it's like you don't know anything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then it breaks. Uh, you know, you're, you're like, you think you're doing great, and then it breaks. You know? Oh and man. Like, oh man, you know, or like I'm gonna try something. Uh, you know, so I mean that's kind of like right now I'm I just did a whole bunch of experiments with stuff and and it's like I wanna I gotta do I have to wait this long, you know, to see <laughs> what it looks like. I was like bugging our production manager. I'm like you know, he's like, seriously, Annie, you want me to take somebody's order out of the kilns to put your stuff in? You know, oh, wow. and I'm like, well, Kinda. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do because I've been waiting since Friday, you know, and it's and it's it's Wednesday, you know, I can't oh, stand it. So, and you have a lot of kilns, right? Uh, yeah, we got thirty, 30. of them. Yeah, yeah, usually my picture would be of the facility, but um, yeah, we have thirty different. Uh, well, they haven't all been working. We've been going through a whole process of you know, going through the equipment, get, mm-hmm. getting it up to speed. I've got really great. I am so, so lucky with the people that work with me. They're just amazing. And our production managers have been really good at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. also that speaks to the production of Annie Glass that you have 30, well, 30-ish working kilns and you had <laughs> to take out a customer's work to put, <laughs> to put yours in. <laughs> uh, well, they weren't all on. We, we're oh, a little okay. slow right now. Springtime always. It's funny. You know, Mother's Day is a big, Mother's Day and weddings are really a big time. Yeah. But, um, you know, we've already shipped all that. So it gets a little oh, bit slow for us. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
you probably have to get those orders in quite a bit ahead of time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And you are in uh, Watsonville, California, correct? It's kind of that's, close to yes. San Jose, that's, Santa Cruz. Um, Watsonville is um, on the Monterey Bay. It's midway between Monterey and Santa Cruz. And okay. it's um, just over the hill from um, from Silicon Valley. Santa oh, nice. Bay. And it's it's two hours south of San Francisco. It's about um, eight hours north of Los Angeles. I'm sure it's It's on the ocean. It yeah. is. It is. We've just had uh, horrific floods here. With uh, We are next to the community of Pajaro, which was um, devastated in the floods. The levee broke here um, last oh, month. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was oh, only wow. just last week to, uh, designated as a disaster area. In January, Santa Cruz was really hard hit with, I mean, waves are going right through businesses. And we've had tremendous damage here. Oh We've been God. raising money um, nonstop since then on our website. A portion of sales is going to the different communities. Yeah. Here. For all of you who think that California has it easy with uh, weather, we, we get yeah. our fair share. That's crazy. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that you're doing something about it, but I'm, I'm also sorry to hear about that. Well, I wanted to tell people a little bit about you and your bio. You have a pretty impressive bio. I'm Thank just going to read a couple of things. In addition to having the Annie Glass, the successful company, which is what is it? A forty-year anniversary? Yep, in July. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. And um, I was going to say though, you uh, your work is also on display in the Smithsonian Museum of American Art, uh, Corning Museum of Glass in New York, Glasgow Museum of Modern Design, obviously in Scotland. You also were named Santa Cruz Artist of the Year, elected to the Monterey Bay Business Hall of Fame. Uh, those are just uh, a few highlights. But I'm sure you've got. I'm sure you've <laughs> chalked up more than that. But that's pretty amazing. I wanted to ask no, you. I've, I've raised two kids. I think that's. And you've raised hard. two kids. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. I guess that is. Uh, that's kind of artistic too, right? Two and a half. I'd like to say a step. <laughs> <laughs> well, your kids are working with you, correct? I know that your uh, son is a muralist. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you'll have to have him on the show. He does yeah. really great work. Yeah. Um, he cool. uh, ocean sustainability. Um, Pan GSC, and then um, Ava you. is actually that's the meeting that we I had to interrupt here. Um, we're doing a succession plan. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. in fact, so she's taking is, over. Yeah, this is the folder that I've made for all of that notes. Oops, doesn't. Oh, show. I can see it a little oh, bit. But this is succession people. <laughs> wait, wait, was yeah. that was that the succession? Show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I have it on my I'm folder. watching that right this now. Is, this is my folder. Wait, okay, yeah, it's not going to show. Oh yeah, you just Whatever. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Um, well, that's amazing. So, I love the sense of humor. I love that show. It's really cutthroat. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's not as cutthroat with what you're doing. No, no, no. But it's man, it's a lot. You know, it's really a lot. I um, when I started my company, I um, or when I bought my partner out, I mm -hmm. had to borrow a lot of money, a significant amount of money, and they did not want to give that to an artist, of course, but they right. did want to give it to a designer and an entrepreneur who had um, a vendor number with all the top stores in the country. There you go. <laughs> so, so I was able to do that and pay the money back and stuff, but you know, the, all of that risk and stuff, I, the, the bank said, well, you're going to go to this sort of like a CEO school, you know, this once a month thing where you learn about being a CEO, you know, you learn about business and, yeah. uh, and that was 
pretty heavy duty because I was the only woman there and it was almost all Silicon Valley people and they oh, all, wow. you know, they like they like have two employees and they're going to retire next year they've been in business for six months you know or whatever <laughs> just everything I was in you know they, right. and I'd be like I work with my hands you know <laughs> and um but they uh they we had an awful lot of problems with family-owned businesses in those things uh, in those those lectures and so I yeah. swore I would never do that to my kids but yes. well, my, my, <laughs> my father's also an entrepreneur and yeah. I avoided that. <laughs> I went the way of the artist. But for anybody who's tried to get a mortgage, having artists on, on the spreadsheet, it, you'll know that it's very difficult to have anybody loan you money. So it's pretty impressive yep. that you were able to get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was funny because it was, you know, um, in order to get it, I had to do everything I hated, you know, like get up early, wear a suit, go to the bank and go to yeah. another one, go to another, like, like meet with them all and do and compare them and compare what the deals that they would give me and all of that kind of stuff. And it was, it wasn't, you know, comfortable, but it actually was kind of fun at the, you know, because it would be like when I did make the decision on the bank and it was all men. And I just said, well, gentlemen, the swimsuit portion of our contest is over now and moving into the evening evening gown portion. Evening wear. And I selected yeah. you. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, wow, I'm sure it was even fun. more of a boys club back then, right? Way, way. Yeah. Back in insane. the 90s. Yeah. 90s. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I hear, I was just talking to a friend who works in finance and she's working with a bunch of hedge funds, hedge funds in New York. And she still says it's pretty much a boys club up there i would imagine that field is it's, pretty bad yeah yeah manufacturing has been no picnic in that regard i would say you know? yeah, yeah yeah well that's something that i want to talk to you about a little bit i i saw a theme in a lot of the stuff with you and that's um resilience and we'll get into that in in a little bit but i want to hear a bit about how did you make the transition from school you know i'm a, an artist first and foremost and it took me a really long time to become business oriented and I talk about that on the podcast, the importance of that, if you want to make a living as an artist. But how did you kind of turn that corner from studying to become an artist to becoming a business person? Well, I uh, graduated from the California College of Arts and Crafts in 1979. Mm -hmm. Now it's called the California College of the Arts. It's in San Francisco. And I did not get a lot of training in, you know, how to make a living or money or even how to ship glass, you know, yeah. you sold it, you know. Um, and but I was really fortunate that a glass gallery had opened up in Santa Cruz where I was spending my summers with my surfer boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, you know, I got a job there because and I knew I could like rattle off everything. I knew, you know, how everything was made. And I actually had even met some of the artists in the past particularly the Bay Area ones. And so I saw this business end, like, you know, like, oh, God, these guys are so arrogant. They're such <laughs> jerks, you know. <laughs> They're saying you have to pay in advance or you have to pay in 10 days. Like, what's net 10? You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you get it 10 days after you receive it, you have to pay. Right. And, you know, it's like, well, geez, this is really easy. You know, it's just like, give them net 30 and be nice, you know. Yeah, and yeah. They call and say, hey, it broke. I'm like, okay, well, we'll call UPS, you know, or whatever. We'll, you know, it's like just... 
just be normal, you know, not, yeah. not, not have a, not be arrogant. And, um, that was a big change evidently in the, in the rules. Really? And, yeah. um, so it was really easy to succeed in that regard, you know, and then also I've had super great people behind me the whole time, you know, and I'll, and my, uh, I have to give credit to my ex-husband, Michael Reinhold, because he did had no art background and he was much more about the business part, you know, and when I was in art mm-hmm. school, his friends would say, Hey, I want to buy, you know, one of those prints you're, you know, um, was printmaker and i go oh don't just take it take it and they're like no 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 no. we want to pay you and i'm like no 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 just take it take it and then he'd say annie he wants to they want to buy it you know and then we'd have a discussion later and he'd say well how much did it cost you to make it i go i don't know you know and he goes well we'll guess and i said five dollars you know and i rolled my eyes you know like i didn't want to talk about it you know <laughs> and he said and i said he goes well, so how much you want to charge him i go oh, five dollars that's what i spend it on anything more would be terrible you know that would yeah. be that would be i would be taking advantage of them you know <laughs> and and he's like no 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 like maybe mark it up two more times you know like okay get 15 yes. ask for 15 you know so that was my like early lessons and they were you know brutal but um being we all in need somebody really, like that yeah yeah exactly we all need somebody like that we definitely do and i'm very grateful that i had them being in a high cost business like this, you know, high cost of making the glass itself is not as expensive, but the gold and platinum certainly are. Oh my God, <laughs> and yeah. the intense amount of labor, you know, like each piece has about eight steps to it. So there's a lot of labor involved. And, and of course, we're in California. So we are in uh, the, one of the uh, least conducive places to do business. In high tax states. states. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. We've been, I've been, um, I've had offers to buy the business and that has always been the issue. You know, it's like, well, we can't keep it there. Right. Oh man. I wanted to ask a little bit about the process. I don't know a lot about glass work and glass blowing and all that. I only know, I went to school in Gonzaga university and we had a bunch of Dale Chihuly pieces there. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm saying his name right, but he had all the sculptures Mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling, you know, all the winding sculptures. That was pretty much my introduction to to glass blowing. I don't know if you ever rubbed elbows with Dale, but um, oh, you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the process. I watched the YouTube video on your website, which was fascinating. And I know that you make molds and stuff for the, for the plateware, but if you could tell us a little bit about the process, I know it's probably... It could take up a whole other podcast. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, it's the process is called slumping, slumping. So just think like when you slump in a chair, you slump yeah. in a recliner. Okay, yeah. so that's what the glass does in, in a ceramic mold mm-hmm. inside the kiln. The heat and the gravity makes it melt, and then it starts to slump into the recliner nice. <laughs> of ceramic. <laughs> um, so what we do is so that we start with the glass. It's flat. Um, we you know we cut us let's say we're going to make a glass dinner plate or, or a sculpture, we'll, we'll cut the circle or whatever shape it's going to be. And then we grind the edges round. So if you hit the edge, it doesn't chip easily. Mm. And then we um, decorate it either with the gold and platinum or colors, and then set it in a, over a ceramic mold in an electric oven. Does the glass the just fuse the, the metals in with it? Correct. So the whole, the, what we're doing is we're heating it up so hot that the whole thing slumps you know, down into that recliner. So, and it takes gotcha. the gold with it. So some of my designs, um, the one called ruffle, where it actually is like a, like a Elizabethan collar, you know, yes. it's yeah, a I've ruffle all around it with a wide gold band. So everywhere it's stretching, 
you see the lines, you know, the, the gold is actually stretching with it. And oh, wow. it's not an imperfection. It's just the way the glass does it. So it's kind of like your knuckles and a finger, you know, when you, right. when you, when you um, the creases and the creases in your knuckles. Yeah. When you, when you stretch your hand or um, make a fist, you can see those lines get bigger. It's exactly oh, what cool. happens. Yeah. So I, I love that. I think that's cool. And that's why I called it Roman antique when I first made it. Cause the idea was I was in Rome and I, I was in, you know visiting the catacombs. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Look at this stuff. It's like, it's so ancient, you know, and all the <laughs> imperfection and I'd been to Japan and I'd seen Loved how Japan. valuable, yeah. you know, imperfection was and, and the value put on the whole meaning of Wabi Sabi. And I just yes. really, I loved it. You know, whereas there wasn't that in glass glasses, super pristine, um, you know, you don't, your, your whole job is like, don't mess it up, man. <laughs> you know, like, right, right. Don't give a texture. Don't, you know, don't make it cloudy. Don't, you know, and so I was really intrigued by this, giving something more meaning by having the texture of the maker or something in that regard. I love that. I'm a huge texture person. And you sound almost like you're like a painter of glass, you know, like <laughs> getting involved with the texture. I love the imprint yeah. of the maker's hands in there. I think uh, embracing the imperfections. Same thing with painting. I think a lot of there's a lot of um, crossover with different mediums and art. I think that's beautiful. I just did a painting called Shao Subiban. Uh, it's like the Japanese art of like charring wood to make it beautiful and oh, to make yeah it yeah yeah i you saw um, james uh, james um harrell's no i'm not gonna say it wrong um his houses that he did on yes. the island in japan where he burned the houses it was like so cool it's amazing yeah yeah Terrell, have, james Terrell. yeah james Terrell, yeah and then there's like kintsugi i have a couple of artist friends who do that like the art of putting back together broken pieces with gold <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I wanted to take a class on that. And it was like, no, only one person was doing it. I thinking, well, I'm going to have to teach myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll probably. We, well, uh, oddly enough, we don't break any glass very much. We really? really don't. We have very, in fact, we, that whole PCASIET thing in the 90s, you know, people mm-hmm. would be coming around trying to get it. And we're like, oh, sorry, <laughs> don't have any. You know, we don't. Really? Like, can you save us or your broken glass? You know, and it's like, it's, well, we, it's pretty durable stuff. You know, we, yeah. we, we yeah. grind the edges round it. We round all the edges, you know, on the belt sander to make sure it doesn't chip. And, and then, uh, so that if you, you know, catch it or nick it, it won't, it won't. Of course, if you drop it on cement, it'll break for sure, you know, or granite or whatever. Yes. But um, we don't get a lot of breakage. That's really cool. And one other thing that I'm very interested in, a lot of people are now, a lot of artists are recycling, upcycling. I know you do a little of that in your work as well. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So um, I had this, I had the best of both worlds. I have a water jet machine that is, I'd read the Steve Jobs book about, you know, joining craft and technology. And I was really put it off because I'd gone to, you know, hippie art school kind of thing (laughs) in that time. It's not now. It's tech design school now, but in those days and, uh, you know, everything had to be done by hand, everything, you know, as much by hand and, and the craftsmanship is possible and the water jet made things much more exact but the water jet was like being 19 in an art school again you know like because mm. if you do these cuts and these shapes and these things you can never do by cutting in glass ever you know right. not, not, not freehand or not traditional way and so that you know was an incredible thing and then all of the waste, it may, it reduced the waste tremendously because normally if like, say you cut a, a six inch circle, you'd have to have three, you'd have to have another six inches uh, on three inches on either side for the circle to go around and not go shoot off into the perimeter. 
Oh, interesting. That's why glass is so hard to cut. You know, yeah. people find it. It's like, and you need this big perimeter to, to make it go where you want it to go. And, it's almost like um, they have the negative space around a print. Correct. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this eliminated that. It was great. You know, so, so I didn't have that much waste. And at the same time, the factory was about 60 miles away, 70 miles away. And they wanted all the scrap because I kept it clean. I didn't, you know, so we would just stockpile all the scrap glass. They'd send a truck and or a, a middle guy, probably. He was they just getting it from me for free and selling it to them. But what I didn't care. <laughs> just take it away. Yeah, exactly. And then that all changed. They shut that factory down, you know, a number of years ago. And I'm stuck with all this scrap, you know. So I locked myself in a room finally and just came up with these nice votives. These thick, tall, about four inches high votive candles that were solid glass. And oh, cool! We, um, yeah, and they were just beautiful. We cut the water jet out. We cut the you know the center of them out, and it was just gorgeous the way they glow and all. But they took like five days, you know, yeah. to anneal, so they weren't exactly you know <laughs> ecologically sensitive in any you know shape or form. They use more right. energy than anything else. But um, but I figured that we, along with again the great people that work for me, figured it out, made them thinner, made them smaller, but different design, and we have a set of trivets and um, cheese. It's called Elements, and that's on ah. our website at antiglass.com slash elements, and nice. <laughs> you can see it, yeah. Yeah, so you can check everything out at antiglass.com, and then your uh, Instagram is also at antiglass, correct? Correct. I'm yes. following it, but I have I have so many, you know, handles in my head. <laughs> yeah. But at antiglass, you can see a lot of stuff, including some wonderful pictures of you in the hippie stages. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing a lot of yeah, the women, um, the, uh, the month was it Women's Month or something? Yes. Yeah, was, yes. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, they'd like to tease me about that. Those are the only two pictures I have <laughs> of those like thirty oh, years really? period, pretty oh, much man. of working with glass. Well, yeah, you know, in art in college, I mean, who take, you don't take pictures of yourself. That's you true. Know? Then in those days, I mean, yeah, that just nowadays, oh, it's, it's yeah, hard oh, to get away please. from them. No, yeah, no, you can actually sacrifice the work a bit by taking being too conscious of that aspect of it is like capturing the moment, you know? I would agree. Yeah. Well, and so, and I think I remember hearing you did a little bit of uh dumpster diving for some glass at one point, right? Cause I do that too. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, you know, I, um, I was a scholarship student. I was on food stamps, you know, when I went to art school and, um, and when I, you know, went to college and, uh, when I left, it's not like I got any more money. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And my mother was always, my mom was from Italy. She was, had lived through the depression. So she was always saving things and reusing them, you know, mm -hmm. and we're like, don't throw that out. That's so good, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe I could go to the glass place and I could say to them, hey, you got anything that's scratched or you're going to throw out? So, I mean, yeah. first I went to the dumpster and I looked in the dumpster and just pulled that out. And we were doing that in art school too, <laughs> honestly. By the way, and, I, uh, yeah. And by the way, I'm saying that as a compliment, not as a, as a knock because I, I know. I, I also, are. yeah, I love doing that. And I think that's something that. <laughs> what artist kinda, doesn't, right? Right, right, exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I was poor too. I only way I could do art supplies was by putting it on a credit card and racking up debt. So I just started going Same to art. Thing. Yeah, I started going to Blick and places like that, just going to the back and say, do you have any thrown away, you know, yeah. uh, palettes or canvas or anything that I can use and put together? And it became kind of a, a signature for me. And I love it. So I, exactly. when I saw that, I was like, oh, yes, that's awesome that she does that. <laughs> But um, anyway, but he caught me diving in the dumpster and he said, uh-uh, no, no, no. And so then he would save me stuff, which was great. I'd oh, that's up, cool. And he'd say like, okay, I got this. Yeah, Frank Farquhar from Santa Cruz Glass. Wonderful man. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I owe him my business pretty much, you know, because then it was like, oh, 
hmm, I guess I could actually buy glass somewhere, you know, and he told me where and it was, but I didn't, and he said, it's a case, you can buy a case, but it was never, you know, he wasn't going to train me, he had his real job, so um, yeah. I like, what? Well, how much is the case? Okay, and I ordered a case and they, they told me it weighed a ton, so which mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, I don't wow. know anything. You know, I'm a 21 year old idiot. I have no idea. And, and they, they mean that literally. I'm assuming. A, they bring it with a truck yeah. with a boom truck on the back, you know, with a crane. And then yeah. they pick this crane up, they take the thing and they put it down on the boardwalk in front of my art studio. And it goes right through the boardwalk because it weighs 4,500 pounds and oh the boardwalk God. is not going to hold it. And it goes right through that. Landlord comes running over, sees it. Then they're like, they get it up out of there with the crane. They bring it into the building, and then they, with with cases of glass like that, they lean it so that it won't. You know, they have to lean it at an angle because yeah. you can't leave it upright; it'll fall either way. Yeah. So they lean it with this little dinky thing that looks like a crowbar. They just push this thing and push <laughs> the whole thing back. Well, that thing went right through the sheetrock. <laughs> really? Of the landlord wasn't leaving you know, until I was like in my car and gone. <laughs> he did not trust me. Um, but I was a tenant there for a really long time, for 16 years. And every time yes, he'd leave yes. to go to uh, Europe, to his home in France, I'd take the roof off and add ventilation or, you know. Do yeah. something that's cheap. Water the plants or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, just to, you know, grow the, I, I was always kind of behind the eight ball. I was, I didn't need any help selling any glass. I needed help making it, you know, like yeah. to go from a um, one of a kind to doing quantities, you know, to sets like dinnerware that people can put in the dishwasher is completely yeah. different than doing glass art. You know, yes. and having FDA approval, making sure the people on the other end that are opening it up don't have to assemble it. You know, the the, the people that work in the store that, that are unpacking on the loading dock, you know, shipping to Neiman Marcus um, and knowing it half it's going to get broken, you know, so figuring oh out God. a whole boxing system so that nothing will get broken. You know, just all of these details, which, you know, were great for somebody who could be easily bored if it was too easy to do things. Yeah, so that was helpful. Well, it stretches you a little bit. Um, Definitely. I had a question here, but I completely got sidetracked with something else. Oh, you're uh, and now you're on the 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 board of yes, California College um, of Arts, right? So I came on the board about 20 years ago, and they uh, shortly after that time they started an MBA program, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Masters of Business. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first, and they called the DMBA, the Design Masters of Business, and they were the first art school in the country to have one. And, oh, wow. Um, really? Yeah, which was fabulous. Yeah. And I was a big champion for that program for the board. I was like, you know, we need this. We're like, wait, why, why, why does art school need, you know, need, need an MBA program? That's crazy, you know, but being in Silicon Valley, I mean, it's certainly um, helpful and that Stanford has the, the D school, the design school nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it certainly wasn't an odd stretch, you know, by any imagination. But it was really fascinating, the first class where people were coming from, you know, some of them were coming like from business schools, some some of them were craftspeople, like entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who did jewelry. Some of them, I mean, they were really from all over the place and, and continue to be. So it's it's interesting that you know that we're teaching sustainability to the to the a business person. It was very interesting to hear the people who come from like the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. Yeah. And they would give a report and it would be like this, and they just didn't you know, like how do you teach creativity, you know, to the, <laughs> to this situation? So I I loved it. It was great. I was a mentor like an advisor, you know, what we would call an advisor to students for about five years. Is it easier to teach creativity to somebody like that? Or is it easier to teach business to a creative person? 
<laughs> That's just such a great question. Um, I think it's more challenging to teach the creativity, but it's way yeah. more fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. than the other way around. It really isn't to Getting watch their the box, faces. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they would do a venture night at the end, end of the semester is a venture night where they invite people to invest in their, uh, like, like a real venture night would be, you know, mm -hmm. when you um, ask investors for money. And, yeah. and of course, you know, it being an art school, they'd be just these fantastic presentations, you know, visual, gorgeous. I mean, every detail, <laughs> well done, you know, so because somebody the, on the, the team, sitting up against they, the wall, they'd be you know? teams, they'd break them into teams. And so somebody in there is going to be, you know, a, a killer, you know, graphic oh. designer or whatever. So yes, there it, was, you go. it was good. It was fun. I, I liked it. It was really enjoyable. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I meant to ask you a little earlier, how did you get your work into the Smithsonian? Did that just happen? Did they find you? Did, did they love your work? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, they decided, oh God, I don't know. Um, they, the Smithsonian isn't exactly like a, they're not burning things quickly. You know, they're not disrupting things, yeah. <laughs> breaking things fast or whatever they call that. You know, they're not right. doing that. Um, <laughs> so they um, had asked me nine years before to submit for a new museum they were going to build, which they hadn't built anything in 40 years, you know, I hadn't changed anything. So yeah. I completely forgot when I got the letter of acceptance, I threw it away because I figured it was, you know, garbage or was, yes, you know, yeah. was a hoax <laughs> or one of my brothers. I have three older brothers. So I just assume they're playing a practical joke on me. Um, so that's how that came to be, you know, <laughs> um, it wow. was, it, they started, they took the old patent office, which was had these massive cabinets, clear glass cabinets, where they used to bring the invention and they would keep it there. You know, like mm -hmm. in the old days when you came to get a patent, you had to bring the invention there and they kept them. So they um, changed all that and they were bringing in American craft and folk art. And oh, so nice. I was selected and I was really glad I was. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's a big uh, feather in your cap. Thank you. Yeah, I was. It was really a great, a great honor and is a great honor. Yeah. And to be referred to, although whenever I see anything from it or get anything, it says living Smithsonian artist, which just gives me the creeps. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, it's like my podcast, The wait, Living Artist, you know? Right, right. Is everybody dead? You know? <laughs> Don't wait till you're dead, Annie. Don't wait till you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's a good um, title you got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always, I always got so frustrated by that i think when i came up it was like you know oh you're never gonna make any money till you're dead it was like people love to say that to you and I joke know, and I laugh know. at it and i was like it's really yeah. not that funny you know it's no, it's, it's uh, demoralizing for an artist and then i also got the whole uh tortured artist stigma so i, I played that up for a while and i realized that that wasn't getting me anywhere so we well, you know uh, what and i agree and i i bought into the the one about like oh well if you're an artist then you can't be any good at money you know right and that, no. oh we could have a whole podcast on that. In fact, you can invite me back about that because yes. that's just, it burns me up like you wouldn't believe. And so I, I know when I um, first started my business, I was working in a gallery and the business owner is a friend. He said, Annie, I will pay for you to have an accountant because that is what's going to be your downfall. You know, he goes, if it's anything, uh, you know, that'll be the number one thing. Like if you don't pay your taxes or you don't pay your payroll yeah. taxes or whatever, you know, he goes, I will let me do that for you. And I'm like, that's, you know, you don't have to do that. That's okay. But I got it. I mean, like, I really got that message loud and clear. And so yeah. always did that. And then the accountant, I'd be like, mm, I don't understand what she's talking about. You know. <laughs> and then I finally said, well, hmm, you know, what if you made like a pie chart? And then, then I can understand it. You know, like the numbers, like 
compare it from year to year or month to month or whatever, but just show me, you know, in a graph, show me in, in um, geometry, not algebra, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of how it was, right? I was better at geometry than algebra. So show me <laughs> that way. And then it wasn't that hard. In fact, then it was like, oh, this is easy. You know, this is kind of oh, cool. And, and also we're talking a little bit. Of, I mean, I made $3,000 my first year. So it wasn't like. That's just, like me. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it almost feels like a conspiracy to artists almost to keep them ignorant about how to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's a lot of people who are, all, you know, the gate, they always talk about the gatekeepers in the art world, keeping everybody out. It's almost like keeping people ignorant. And I don't think it's really like they're twisting their mustache and hatching this plan, but it does the same thing. And I think it's really empowering to learn a bit about business. So it's really cool to hear uh, your story and know that you do that. I know when I was in art school, they didn't tell us anything about how to take that, what we were doing in the studio. I learned how to stretch canvas. I learned how to teach class. I learned how to set up lighting and, you know, do all that mixed paint. But I, I'd never learned how to transition that into a business or to even yeah. sell it to collectors or get get into a gallery, you know? So that's exactly. very important. Exactly. Yeah. We had like, um, you know, business practice, you know, for a half a semester or something. And all it was, yeah. it was terrible. It was, it was taught by someone who really shouldn't have been teaching it. Somebody who didn't should not have been it. teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have it. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't relevant, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. but also too, I think, you know, it's our responsibility as artists, you know, to um, not, not accept that bullshit. I mean, it's just BS. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just a person. No, no, um, you can curse. We, I can we, curse. We okay. Curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Then <laughs> I curse all the time. Do you want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's our responsibility. It's just like part of what we're doing, you know, like, Hey, our presentation is going to be gorgeous, you know, and we're going to do things, you know, that we're going to get it in one piece to where it's going. Yeah. You know, these are all, these are all part of the job, no matter what you're doing, you know, it's communicating with the, a collector slash customer having right, following being able, yeah doing what you say you're gonna do mm-hmm. you know and, and just the thing you said earlier about being nice i mean that goes a long way you know? it sure does doesn't it it's crazy yeah it really yeah. does no good they, they they actually call that customer service yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i have title. a whole episode on, on customer service <laughs> right how you can differentiate yeah. yourself just by going that extra you know, whatever inch mile, you, it doesn't have to be a mile. That's amazing. Well, I'd love to see that you went from kind of artist artisan to you're almost like the Warhol now of of the, the oh. factory. You know, you got your own factory now. But I also love that you're still. You don't have to put your hands on any of this stuff anymore. So I love to hear that you're. Oh, sure, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I not, mean, I do like three jobs here. I do um, like marketing, design, and the president stuff. You know, yeah. Again, president just means all the stuff nobody else wants to do <laughs> right, right i guess what i'm saying is that is a, nor- a normal person might be mm-hmm. like i'm gonna step back and you know let everybody handle this and i'll just oversee you know the kind of the the public facing stuff but i love that you have your hands on everything that's great well, well part of what i do in this business you have to have new product it's like fashion you have to have new product for the the shows in the yeah. spring and the fall so the product is for spring and fall but it's shown in winter and summer Mm-hmm. So we're always working like a year out or six months out. Like right now we just finished Christmas, you know, so oh, wow. it's time now to start working on next. Yeah. So it's That's a crazy. constant. Well, if you don't do that, you don't have anything new to show. And it's the same with for artists. If you don't have any new work, you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to sell anything. You know? That's it's right. Not. I mean, you might yeah. sell or you'll sell much less, put it that way. I can't with 22 employees. I can't show up at a show without anything new. 
<laughs> or with, you know, with a family <laughs> to be, or, you know, <laughs> tuition or whatever, you know, to, or yeah. braces or whatever, you know, you, you so can't, true. that's not a luxury that I can enjoy, you know, I mean, I wouldn't call that a luxury. I think too, that is, you know, the reason you get up out of bed in the morning, right? It's like to try that new thing, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it sucks. It's, ter- it's terrible. Okay. You know, I've got a whole mezzanine full of projects that never worked, you know, but it's yeah. every now and again, you go up there and like, oh, why didn't that work? I didn't know this. I didn't know what I know now. That's really fun to go back and look at yeah. that and fix it. Or we work it, a painting, you know, that, that failed. Definitely. And so much of what you said resonates with me because, you know, I've painted over a thousand paintings in my career so far and, and I've sold, you know, 60% of those, but it's great to have a backlog of work because you're right. You get in a couple of shows here and there. People want to buy stuff. You can't be always playing catch up. Um, I think that's good advice. Well, speaking of advice. So I talked about resilience a little bit. I know you've been through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of them we've already talked about, but including, I just wanted to quickly talk about the 1989 earthquake. I, that was kind of fascinating to me. If, if you got a moment, no, I'd love to. No, we can. We're, we're good. We can. We can go longer. It's fine. Oh, okay. I just wasn't okay. sure I could. The, the start time was the issue. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see what we're talking about. Earthquake. Uh, the earthquake. Yes. Oh. Well, if, luckily, yeah. um, I was married to a surfer, and it was like <laughs> this epic day. You know, just like super warm October seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven. 1989. And it was a really hot day. Usually, you know, we get our summers in September and October here, not in the summertime. The fog comes in in the summertime. And so uh, he sent everybody home, thank goodness, because at 5.15 was the earthquake. And it was, was it 7.3? Yeah. And uh, we just, at that time, we thought, oh, we'll take those tons of glass. We were getting them pre-cut. And they're like big, big boxes, really big crates. And we, it was my brilliant idea. Let's put them on top of one another, you know, because we had no floor space. <laughs> and of course, they just came crashing down. I mean, literally, we were we used a backhoe in the factory, you know, on the studio floor to yeah. just push the glass out the door. It was that oh bad; like God. everything was destroyed. It was just so bad. That's horrible. And um, and so we didn't have water. I mean, we didn't have anything. We didn't have power, electricity, water, nothing. And then our friends down in Southern California we're just trying to get through with the phone lines. They said he put it on an automated computer at the time. That seemed super sophisticated, you know, and <laughs> yeah, to keep yeah. calling and calling and calling and say, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? You know, because yeah. nothing was working, you know, cell phone coverage, everything was gone. Oh, so it was really scary. And I was expecting my, um, my second child, my daughter, Ava. And, oh, that too. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was five months pregnant and I'm, um, man, I was the most in shape, running you know i just would because we had aftershocks so we could just you know you just had to start running all the time people talked about aftershocks well aftershocks are earthquakes just call them what they are they're earthquakes so we were having multiple earthquakes like every few minutes for days and then it went on for about a week and so we were just constantly running running out of the building you know all the time so yeah it was it was terrifying but it really and i thought oh my god maybe i should get rid of you know i should go back to new jersey where i grew up you know I get away from this. I can't solve this. I had a child, a two-year-old, you know, I was freaking out, you know, I can't protect him, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, I call it that big chill moment. You know, you just kind of, it really made it very clear what my priorities were, you know, Mm -hmm. which is super easy to see. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
I don't give a shit if my if my name is you know I'm not going to my grave with oh she made beautiful gold plates you know that's not what I give a care I don't care about that <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not it it's how I treat people you know it's how how people react is more about the people than it is about anything else. And the money part has been nice. And the, the taxable living is more like it. The tax, right. The, (laughs) the, uh, the, um, what do I call it? The um, tax deductible lifestyle, you know, know, that's nice. You know, that's Mm -hmm. certainly nice, but I have to work here every day. You know, it's just like, I I have to work here too. I want Mm -hmm. good coffee in the coffee machine. I don't, you know, it's not people, find it novel you know but yeah for me it's it and i think it's really unique to artists you know we're used to working in crappy conditions you know like cold oh, warehouses yeah. where the rent's cheap and drinking tea all day to stay warm you know <laughs> or having the giant kerosene lanterns or whatever to keep you warm you know but you can't do that with employees you can't ask people mm-hmm. to do that. No. um so so i think we come we have a scrappiness that nobody else has yeah, that's, that really um, belies entrepreneurship and and just it's it's our passion. So anyway, the earthquake led me to really know what my passion was and just to stick to that and figuring out priorities. I yeah, love that. Out priorities. Yeah, just you know, um, a lot of the reps that sell my stuff would always be like, "Oh, you could make a line of sh- of tableware and candles and sheets and towels and this and that." And like, no, I can't. I'm not mm-hmm. passionate about them, and if I can't make them here in my own my own studio where I know what they're going to look like and put my yeah. name on it. I'm not making them. Sorry. Nope. Not doing that. Artistic integrity. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. When I was hearing about the earthquake, it reminded me of, you know, so many of the artists that I have loved and, you know, you talk about Chagall's studio burning down and things like that. It's just finding, you know, I always use this word, the gumption to kind of get back up, start yes. over, start again. That's uh that's yeah. tough. I mean, hearing you talk about it, is one thing, but doing it and be, living that must have been demoralizing. Oh, it was very demoralizing. But and I mean, I've had a lot of challenges like that. Like when you know, when my um, former husband and I split up, I had to buy him out, you know, yeah. business and go borrow that money. And that was like I have that under my resilience scary. too. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's like super, super scary. And then uh, go it alone, and then buy this building. You know, I bought a where I bought a million dollar warehouse you know it's like what what i'm just used to having a little studio you know (laughs) to go from having your studio in your spare in your guest room you know a little kill in the guest room to uh 16,000 square feet of industrial space and an acre and a half yeah it's a huge difference but you know denial has been my best friend all along <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of sits on my shoulder and whispers yeah, yeah. in my ear this is nothing this a little is nothing. healthy dose of denial never heard this anybody. is nothing you know <laughs> yeah but you're yeah. right though having that going from having a small space where you're basically kind of creating for yourself to going to a huge warehouse where you've got employees and you have to pay back a bank that's uh yeah. It's a lot of stress. So yeah. a little denial helps, but also, <laughs> like I was saying, a little gumption, you know, it sounds like right. you are, you have the right work ethic, obviously, to be able and to support to and, and support. support I had a lot sure. of support, a lot of, you know, support and friends and family and gave me the confidence to know I could do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you for some tips for artists for resilience, but we kind of covered that based on just talking about it. But if you want to share something else um, you can. I always found it was easy like I in early on like I kept well I always want to ask somebody who's done it you know yeah. mm-hmm. rather than somebody who hasn't done it like I remember um when I was going to buy this building asking my godfather who was a realtor back east and 
But I realized he had never done, he never taken these kinds of chances before, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's not the right person to ask. Ask somebody who's really taking a risk like this, you know, that's, I think that's super helpful. Like, you know, just offer to take that person to lunch or dinner, buy them coffee or whatever, you know, just people who you admire who have done what you want to do yeah. is, you know, befriend them. And usually they're delighted to, you know, I mean, if they're a good person, <laughs> they're, yeah, right. they're pretty much delighted, you know, to, to do that. And um, just to share, you know, what, or even just make it, make it easy for them. Do your homework. Don't come and ask them stupid questions, you know, exactly. but, um, do all your homework first before you open your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that is something I, I must say, that's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, oh, really? It's right there in the website. You didn't <laughs> you know? look at any of this. Yeah. 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 How do yeah. I do this in my oven? That was one question. <laughs> How do I do this in my oven at home? <laughs> oh no, really? Um, yeah, but then I would say too um, is also like, and I've always tried to raise my kids this way too. It's like it's not important what other people think of you. It's important what you think. You yeah. have to have your own moral compass strong enough that what you th- you are the toughest person to to, to convince. Mm. Therefore, you'll be fine. You know. So it's yeah. not. Yeah, people may think I'm brash or or um, intimidating or whatever. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be that way. I know that. <laughs> and I'm working on that. But I do know that those things that I've done are the right things, you know, and like, for instance, it's important to give back to me. You know, I've, I've yes. been lucky. I came from food stamps to, to this, you know, like it's important to give back. Yeah. And I think I wish everybody felt that way, but you know, it's not necessarily the way, <laughs> the way things are. It's true. Um, and then, but to that end would be, I'm sorry, I was digressing there, but my point is listen to your own inner voice and then also look at where's this decision I'm going to make. Uh, I like to leverage one decision after the other. That took a while to learn that one, but Mm -hmm. um, I look at the 30,000 foot view, like just lift yourself up and say, okay, if I make this decision now, where's this going to get me, you know? Yeah. And will this jump to something else or is it you think it's going to jump to something else? Cause you always say that like, Oh yeah. Oh, can you make this mural for me? I'll just give you the, you know, whatever. And nobody's going to see it, you know, but it's in a corner where nobody will see. It's like, no, no, do that. you know, yeah. no. or, um, I know I had a health scare and I just got took, I was doing too many things. And I just said, the only thing I'm going to do is something that makes, that brings in income because that's all I can handle right now. Mm. And so that was super helpful, like knowing, being able to reset your priorities every now and again is important yes. and um, and stick to your own advice. Self-care is important. Yeah. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows okay. that um, I've been going through my own little health problem for about two years and I've really prioritized self-care and it's made a world of difference. Yeah. Because if you're not healthy, you can't do anything. It's true. It's so true. The, the yeah. stress can really get you and oh you God. have to find a way to get rid of it. For sure. Well, thank you for for sharing all that with us. Um, I find it very inspiring, and I'm, I know other people find it inspiring. I wanted to ask you if you have any goals or anything you're looking forward to with the business or personally. If not, we can move on to, I always do like a, a few rapid fire questions kind of at the end. Um, well, what I'm looking forward to, so I started, I went back to painting, like I told you, it was mm-hmm. an all day class and I, I wasn't, you know, I'm a, independent i can only take it three times so i took three semesters now i'm trying to do it in my own 
home studio. And man, is that hard? I don't know how you guys do it. Show up and <laughs> not go do laundry and you know do yeah, other right. stuff. Yeah. Damn, that is really hard. It's like, can somebody make an app for that? You know, like, get back <laughs> yeah. in the studio. Get back in the studio. <laughs> They're trying. It's called AI art. <laughs> yeah. And, well, no, are um, you? Wait, I got to ask you though. Are you doing oil? Are you doing acrylic? What um, kind of? Well, no. I'm, well, I'm doing it on glass, and it's acrylic. And well, the reason I enrolled was because I was really at a dead end. I didn't know what I was doing. I was not making any progress. I'm trying to make it look like I've been in a writing workshop for two years now, since COVID, mm-hmm. and take some of the writings and make it look like you're reading a young girl's diary. You know, like, uh-oh, oh. I shouldn't be looking at this. Uh-oh, you know. And so so I'm obscuring it on the glass. And kind then of like voyeuristic a bit. Yeah. hopefully but then well what happens is i engrave it and then i cover it and then it get you know it's too super random when you're covering it up and then if you put tape over it so you can you know as a stencil then it looks really artificial you know mm-hmm. so you can see the square and then even if i paint it in again it still looks artificial it just bleh. <laughs> um and my whole and then i was drawing i was like writing in the glass backwards right so you could see it and it looked like mm-hmm. it had a stroke you know it just it didn't but it was kind of cool actually i really like that it looked it's weird looking but i i, yeah. I definitely have been trying to write like a young girl would write, you know, like that sort of old old school penmanship kind of thing. Instead oh, that's cool. That. Yeah. And then so there's certain, and I call it triggers. So there's certain words that you see and certain ones that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the um, Gerhard Richter paintings online of the big things he's been making with squeegees that he cuts up, he chops up the squeegee yes. and then just pulls it through. So I've been working like that and they tend to look a lot like textiles. They really look like textiles. Yeah. And because they're on glass, they scratch across and reveal mm-hmm. the clear. So it's, 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 it's really fun, but um, it was almost like a stained glass uh, feel no, to it. Well, the oil, no. I've done some oil on, on glass and I uh-huh. always gave that kind of appearance of it. Yeah, the oil will do that. Yes. Yeah. It will. No, this is more, um, more, well, I'm it, like, like rain. I want it to look like rain. Uh-huh. So oh, cool. So monochromatic. And now are you going to be, are you doing these specifically for yourself? Just Yes. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe once I know what I'm doing, I haven't figured this thing out yet. You know, like, so it's, it's got a new Annie glass line. Yeah. Wall decor. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's called triggers. Triggers. Okay. The words, you have to find those words in there within, within the painting. I love it. Is some of it diving into your own past or psychology? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's very personal. So I'm sure trauma. it'll be yeah. trauma. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's uh that's something I know a bit about too. That's the. I mean, it's the fuel that keeps us going. I think in, in a lot of ways, it? and it's cathartic yeah. to get it out and to express it. Is there anywhere we could see it when it's done? Um, probably on. I, I would maybe put it up on the. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I will be eventually be working towards once I figure out what it is. I might be selling them, so then okay. they would go on. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Yeah, I love it's to hear. It's nice to have something just for me. Yes. It's not for sale. <laughs> yes, for sure. That's hard, you know, because uh, yeah. that's another balance we have to strike, right? Exactly. I, yeah. Once you start selling your work and then it's like, what's yeah. sacred to you still? Well, let's move on to the rapid fire sure. questions. If you, right if you have some time, any biggest failures? I, and I only talk about this because we learn from it. All right, we'll pick pick one or two, whatever. You <laughs> you do it, uh, part two on failures. Um, I do. Um, there's a lot of times I've done lines, uh, you know, like uh, additions, like at the last minute, just to have something new, you know. Mm-hmm. 
that was not good or not effective or, you know, not saleable. And it just seemed like I was like dancing as fast as I could kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to get this out. got to get this out. I chose to open. I spent a lot of money to open a store in Silicon Valley that was yeah, it was open for two years. And then we had to get out of there. There's just no way people it was really a bad choice. I did not do enough research or mm-hmm. I did the research and I just didn't want to hear it. Didn't listen. You know, yep. just just thought, oh, it's going to be different for me. The you denial know? on the on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, it just seemed like I think I'd listened to the wrong people. Uh, he, being over here in Santa Cruz, this particular shopping district would seem like a tourist go there, you know. But the locals don't, and so right. the locals don't shop there. So that they, the the locals drink there when the store's closed and eat dinner and stuff and watch movies, but they don't, that's all they do. So, so was that it kind was of a seasonal very expensive would... mistake. <laughs> yeah. Was it yeah. a seasonal thing? Like people would come in and buy for certain seasons and then it would No, but up? I mean, they wouldn't even come in and buy because they were really, you know, there were other brand names there. So they're uh... looking for brand name stuff. So they, they didn't understand, you know, and they certainly didn't understand it was handmade in the United yeah. States. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. But that led you to what you're doing now, I'm assuming. All right, this. which is, well, just all under one roof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all under one roof now. And then we started the craft bar where you can come and do workshops Yeah, and make things. You can make glass or ceramics or what have you. And um, I'm actually going to take a workshop this weekend with an artist who I admire cool. her work. So I'm excited. Is that through your the craft bar? Yeah, my cool. in the glass craft bar. So do you have a different person leading it each time? Um, yeah, we do. Well, not necessarily, but we have a, a, a really popular watercolor artist who comes back a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I've done, my daughter teaches a succulent workshop. Oh, cool. Um, it's, uh, you get it in an anti-glass platter, which a planter, which is pretty mm-hmm. fun and easy. You know, anybody, any skill level can do that. And then I teach one too with um, ornaments at the Christmas time and also for plates. Nice. Been, yeah, we'll be setting that up. See, if anybody's other, interested, can they sign up for that on, on your website? Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. Um, definitely. On AnnieGloss.com, we have a workshop and events along the top. Okay. On the homepage, you can see. Cool. Yeah, they're ongoing. And you get a glass of wine or uh, beer with it or soda, whatever you imbibe. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're at one thirty in the afternoons until um, 3 o'clock, 3.30. And then you get a discount to shop in the store and you get a free tour of how we make everything. Very cool. We give free tours anyway, <laughs> yeah. but we, we pay special attention to our, um, our crack people that are, that are there. Um, That's great. So other, A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're very popular. The tours are very popular. Other big mistakes. Let's see. Sometimes like I've learned the hard way, like I've, I waited too long to get out of something that wasn't a good situation. Mm. You know, like I keep trying to throw the stuff that, that maybe it's the artist in me. I can make something good out of this. And I'll try we tend to be stubborn. Exactly. We do. We yeah. tend to be stubborn, you know, and we tend to hold, Oh, I heard a great one. Toxic perfectionism. Ooh. Isn't that good? That's yeah. good. Toxic perfectionism. So um, that's definitely where I will just try to keep working on this thing where nobody gives I, shit about it what i see is like hugely important no one else does and so that's i've been lucky with the retail store as a buyer i'm not anymore now my daughter is but i she'll she'll bring me in you know as a pinch hitter you know for like hey mom i need a couple you know statement pieces go find me something you know oh nice (laughs) And, uh, and um so that's great there's a lesson about um buying for retail and it's buy what don't buy what you love buy what sells 
Mm. And it and it's an absence of ego that is required, I think. And I think with employees too, an absence of ego is necessary so that you know they'll be loyal to you and also feel uh, that you earn their respect rather than just their because they have to. Right. I've worked for a lot of big egos, Annie. So yeah, I, I, I would have appreciated that in the past. <laughs> and it's really, there's a lot of them where I come from in my yeah. you know my training. So yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting you're talking about that because there's a little parallel there with what you're talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Have you learned to let go and accept some of the process too, like the toxic perfectionism in your work at all? Or is oh it still my god, yeah. Well, so you? for instance, I mean, you're you're. Um, people listening aren't going to be doing this, but I'm going to take an orange and I'm going to take a computer mouse and I'm going to say, okay, so the computer mouse is when we, uh, everybody says, how come we don't have designers work with you? Or, you know, how we, and they'll come and they'll do something beautiful and have a gorgeous drawing. And they'll say, here, this is what I want you to make. And it's this computer mouse. And then mm-hmm. when they, um, when we go to finish it, we're like, oh, here, this is what we made. <laughs> you know we show them the orange you know and their little faces crumple and they're so disappointed and they're so sad because their process of slumping is so primitive essentially yeah um and hard to manage and you know you just there's just so many nuances to it mm-hmm. that it makes it rough you know it makes it tough going and it's we're working with window glass we're not blowing glass we're not you know we're not it's a very simple primitive material and yeah. and it's just a tough one. So I just stopped working with anybody because I, I couldn't stand to watch their little faces. Aww, <laughs> just yeah. just crumple. It's also got to give them a, a lot of respect very quickly for the process. Yeah, they you do. Know? Yeah, it's true. But unfortunately, yeah. we have we did have a great industrial designer, a young woman who had worked at Heath Pottery, and she was great. You know, she she had some really great ideas, but they were way too sophisticated for the customers that buy our stuff now mm. you know mm-hmm. so they were i'm like i thought this was the coolest things ever you know and i that was a good uh, when you asked about mistakes i should have made a whole collection around that so that the whole thing would have sold not just her her motives you know? yeah that makes sense yeah well this is the first time i've had multiple examples of of uh failures so thank you for that that's awesome <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> no no it's great because i love it because some people will go like well i don't like to think of them as failures and that's not the point. The point is, is we all, for if we're putting ourselves out there enough, we're going to fail and we're going to learn something from it. So thank you for just jumping right into that. Um, um, next okay. one is, since we talk about superhero stuff, I, I'm interested in the superpower. What is your superpower when it comes to the creative process? This could be like a mindset thing. It could be just something, if you're, if you're feeling blocked or whatever, what is it that um, gets you out of bed? I'm not, um, I'm not indecisive. Mm. you know that really helps it's like just do it just, just jump in <laughs> yeah just <laughs> okay it looks like shit okay start another one then go ahead <laughs> you know just go to the next one just go to... and yeah. i wish i could keep up that enthusiasm you know but yeah. i mean it's easy when you're doing it on paper but if you're doing it on glass it's like ah you know it's a... so i don't i just you know have to you take mean it like sustaining the enthusiasm over the process yes yeah. yeah sustaining it and then you know what you said about failure i forgot you know that in fact, I'm not invited anymore to speak to young students because I tell them, go out and fail, 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 fail. Just go yeah. screw it up. Just go do it, man. Just go do it. So, you know, you have a really <laughs> low center of gravity. You know, it's like you're going to fall off that bike when you're a little kid versus an adult. Just fall. Just go. You'll know you're, you'll learn your boundaries then. You'll learn what you're good at and what you suck at, you know, but you won't do that unless you fail. What was this? A great expression. So success is a very bad teacher. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. And um, 
but anyway, I'm not invited to any more of those. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved to have that because that's what we need nowadays. Everybody has bumpers yeah. on, you know, yeah. I just had an episode called hermesis, which is like about putting little stressors on the body so it can adapt and grow. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you got to do that in your artistic career. You got to do little stress. You got to push yourself out of your comfort zone here, 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 not to a dangerous, you know, uh, no, but it's so true. Like for instance, um, I have a friend and he taught me and I've adapted it to myself. He goes, I don't give scholarships to, to a students. Never. I never give scholarships to A students. I give it to the B and C students because they're going to hire the A students. The a, the B and Cs ah. are taking the, all the risks. The A never take any risks. They don't want to, you know, scorch the record. <laughs> they want to stay yeah. looking great. They don't want to fail. You know, you don't. We oh, don't want that. We want people who can take risks who can fail. And artists take risks every day. And I love that about artists. You know, they don't care. They just go for it, man. It's one big <laughs> risk, it. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like when I quit my day job, same thing. It was burning the boats, you know. It's just like, well, okay, yep. hopefully this works out. <laughs> yeah, fingers you know? crossed. Right? <laughs> yeah, I obviously I'd done the work up to that point. It wasn't just, you know, I was just throwing myself out into the abyss with no no planning. But it's still right. a leap of faith. Uh, yeah. So no, I remember that. That was super scary. Had so a mortgage, scary. leaving the gallery, like oh my god, coming down there at night, you know, yeah. working <laughs> only at night after working in the day jobs. Like I can't leave my day job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's very oh. tempting to stay. And that's fine. Like, it's not for everybody either. If you want to be mm-hmm. an artist and, and do it on the side, it's fine too. But exactly, I wanted to ask you one more. And this is uh, advice to young Annie. This can be at any age. Oh, so good. Mm. <laughs> at any age. Oh. Man, you can do multiple if you want. Oh, at any age? Okay. Um, the beauty of being 65 now is I have the experience. I have the knowledge and the experience. I have enough. I have a lot more knowledge and uh, technical know-how that mm-hmm. way. You know the material and and circumstances, perhaps. And I have more patience to know when to do it. Whereas before, mm-hmm. it was always like bullet through a brick wall. You know, yep. got to do this now. Got to do this now. Just urgent. Everything is urgent. You know. Yeah dancing as fast as I can kind of thing. And I think that's the lesson to the young Annie is just be patient, go slower. Yes. You know, break less things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, yeah. that's such good advice. Yeah. As a, as a, as a young person, it's hard to take that, but if you really could, is. if you could absorb that advice and mm-hmm. run with it, it's very important advice. Yeah, yeah. it would be. And to, uh, I think to the own the self-confidence, to be mm-hmm. confident in your in your own opinion of, of, of your work and your own, I, you know, my opinion is always going to be so much worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, I went to art school. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, inner they, critic. Yeah, the, the critiques. You know, those so, are the worst. The worst. Yeah. And I went at a t- period of time where there were no kid gloves. You know, it was just and where yeah. I went to the teacher that I had. Uh, was really tough and that was that was the way it was you know I would come home crying you know most most days yeah yeah but um but uh, I think my own um yeah those those are great questions thank you for asking them of course well I had an old school Boston painter who was my mentor in in school Mm -hmm. and he learned from a guy who was an old painter in the art students league and it was just very like shoot from the hip this is how it is and yeah it hurts but um I think we do, we do need a little bit of that. And I think some of that is lacking a bit nowadays. You know, yeah. I mean, I think 
look, it could have gone to an extreme in the past too, maybe a little bit somewhere in the middle, but we do definitely need to hear that criticism from time to time. Um, And what you said too, it reminded me of, you know, having the confidence of your own convictions with your own art is amazing because so many times you'll hear things from other people and they're really just projecting their own insecurity sometimes, or they got their own stuff going on, you know? It's really true. You know, I really wasn't happy when I moved from, I thought I would stay in Oakland. I said, I thought I would stay in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Santa Cruz and cause I fell in love with a surfer and it was like, I'm freaking just so freaking boring here, man. There's like no <laughs> art. There's not even a gallery. There's like that, no openings. There's nothing. And then I found an artist a community that, you know, but it was so small so there was like the distractions here or the ocean, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the redwoods, yeah. you know, and so that's why people mountain bike and surf, you know, that and hike, you know, that um, those are the distractions. Whereas in the Bay Area, I'd be like so busy going to openings and this and that and, da, 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 and really be so much more involved that this was sort of like being a hermit. You know, when I came yeah. here, I could devote myself to um, my own studio, my own work. I wasn't, there weren't things pulling me away from it, which I think would have, I know would have been the the case in a a bigger city. Oh my God. That is, I wonder if you would still be doing what you were doing if you were in the Bay area. Very true. No, I know. I I don't know. Yeah. Ceramics teacher hadn't flunked me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot of people in LA who, and I have a lot of, you know, artist friends that, definitely go to a lot of shows all the time and it's great. And, you know, we all need to support each other, but there is sometimes there's a balance that needs to be struck there too, with like doing your own work and focusing on that and then getting out there and supporting when you can as well. Um, It's always a a tough balance. Yeah. I I find that's my biggest challenge now that I'm, you know, I work Fridays are my own work. I'm not Mm -hmm. here, um, you know, and it's really to try to make that time for yourself. It's like a form of self-care, you know, just to, to have that, your your time when nobody else is going to interrupt you, you know, yes. having those blocks of time. I remember reading about Andre Dubois, what was his name? Um, he wrote Town, um, and he said, mm-hmm. I would, I, and he wrote Fog and Sand. He said, I would, um, my kids were young. I would just park at a cemetery mm-hmm. and write He said in my car, you know, because that's what it took to get He's, uninterrupted blocks of time. He said he yeah. used to do it in front of, he used to park in front of um, people's homes and they call the police on him. Because <laughs> 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 he'd be sitting aside for like an hour, hour and a half, you know, he'd yeah, right. in the car. <laughs> you know, so yeah. He couldn't afford an office, he had no money, you know, so he just wow. goes. So then he realized cemetery is perfect. Nobody's going to call the cops on you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> sitting in a cemetery. Wait, and if, and maybe they would be too afraid to call the cops on him. There's some creep sitting in the, in the cemetery. No, that's, you know, there's a lot of people nowadays who are always trying to find little hacks. That almost sounds like an old school hack. For, yeah. Uh, you know, coming up with your own space. That's yeah. amazing. That's great. I think yeah. some people are going to start sitting in cemeteries. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Possibly, well, yeah. Annie, it's been really awesome talking to you. Uh, I love your work. I love Thank Annie you. Glass. I, I really hope people check out both the, the store, the events, and uh, your Instagram as well. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, plug or leave people with before we go? Um, I think it's great. Thank you for having me. And I think what you're doing is really great. It's super important for artists to be able to hear other artists talk because I think some of them are the smartest people I've ever met, or certainly the <laughs> most entertaining. Or yeah. you know, we don't get to spe- we don't to, don't get to go into a level that you like the questions you've asked me are just really wonderful, and I'm I'm happy to be able to share those with people. Oh, and thank you so this- much 
Yeah, you got a new listener here. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Yeah. You got to stick with the, the solo ones. They get a little wacky, but I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate you. your time. And um, everybody check out Annie Glass. Stick around for a second, Annie. But okay. thank you so much. Great. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.